Welcome to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. I am Deborah Abdusalab. This is the podcast for the underdogs. That's right, where we explore career woes and wins. My guests and I share our corporate journey as working class professionals in British establishments. And along the way, we have some fun. Let's get into it and welcome to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. Hi guys, I am so glad to be back with another episode. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything is good. So, it's a very, very special episode for me today. In fact, it's so special, guys. I am really nervous <laughs> because on today's episode, I have a very good friend of mine on here. And I know you're thinking, all episode you've had your friends. Yeah, that's the idea. I'm just bringing people that are my friends and they're committed to me and they listen to me and they're by my on the podcast so guys on this episode i really want us to talk about the idea of being flexible the idea of being open-minded in fact listen be open-minded to the extent that you eat new food you try new things but we're focusing on the corporate aspect so have you ever worked abroad or in fact have you ever worked in the next city to you or have you ever worked in London? Or have you ever been in London? Some people live in the UK and they've never been in London. Well, that's fine. I've never been to Edinburgh, so I get it. But I wish I did more of that. I wish I travelled. I wish I was much more um, open-minded and exposed myself to the world of work. And one thing that I really believe is that you might be at a place and you might think to yourself, I'm no use here. Yeah, okay. Fine, you're no use there. But you know what? You might be you might be used somewhere else. There's somewhere there's somewhere that somebody is pining for you. Maybe for love or maybe for work. I don't know. But listen, my thing about this episode is I really want us to talk about the idea of branching out. In fact, go on indeed. Type in jobs in Dublin. Yes, you don't have a house in Dublin. Yes, you don't have a family in Dublin. But type it in and apply and see if you get it. And also, for me, I really think it's a competitive advantage, right? Because sometimes, if you're from a certain area or you've had certain exposure, you might be hot cake in another area. So why don't we branch out more? Why are people always complaining there's no work, there's no opportunity, there's nothing? Listen, you need to stop that ball. You need to stop it. Like, I'm telling you right now, stop it. If you are under 30 or even if you're over 50, whatever, listen, at one point I am going to travel abroad. I am going to get, an, I am going to have another opportunity in this lifetime of mine and I'm going to go to the other side of the world because why not? Why not, guys? Okay, I don't want to get too much and give everything away all at once. So, this episode, guys, I have a very special guest. Listen. It excites me because this is one of my childhood friends. In fact, this is probably my only childhood friend. I'm not going to go into it too much, but if you ever read certain things about me or you get to know a little bit more about me, I will tell you so much stories about myself that is linked to my guest today. So, guys, let me just get into it because I just, I'm just excited. So, this episode, I have invited a very good friend of mine, somebody that I actually think is my personal Albert Einstein. I know you're thinking, Deborah, you have a personal Albert Einstein. Yes, I do. It's my friend. So, 
like I've been doing, I tend to send a nice message to my guests. I read to them and I tell them. I just open my heart. And by the way, listen, we need to start doing that. I'm so sick and tired of trying to play hard to get. Of course, if, if you are hard to get, play hard to get. But I'm just telling everybody, I love you. You're the best person in my life. And it's so funny as well. I've got my little daughter doing this. I'm like, do you love your mummy or do you love your daddy? She's like, I love my daddy. I'm like, no, you love your mummy. Like, you've got to be able to just express how you feel. And just before I, I, I read this extract about my friend, um, we need to really start thinking about how to move around. A lot of us that have no commitments are just sitting in one place and it's just not good. Even one of the greatest things, before I move on, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my life so far is moving to Yorkshire. Yes. When I move, do you know what? I'll talk about that later. But moving to Yorkshire, studying in Yorkshire, leaving London and going to Huddersfield, good old Huddersfield, and just being in that side of the country just made me feel like a better person. Trust me. Okay, guys, let me read this extract about my friend. So, the episode you've been invited on is all about being flexible. Prepare to move around in order to get, to get that job. You have been a very instrumental person in my life. It's an honour to have grown up with you and shared some awesome memories. When I think about the 11 years old me, I can't help but think about you. How you are, just how you are, just lovely, smart and calm. Literally, no bad word about this guest of mine, yeah? I must say, this episode will be a little nostalgic as I hope it takes us back to the time we knew nothing. How we have manoeuvred ourselves from Nightingale, Plumstead Manor, Negus, and at some point, Anglican Windows and Summer School. Even when we spent a month's worth of, even when we spent a month's worth of dinner money, that's a funny story, guys, in one day on junk food, ah, those were the days. I've been impressed with your career. Thank you for always supporting my ideas. Remember your talk at Westminster College? Well, it's time for you, my Albert Einstein friend, yes, you are, to me, to share some of your career's do's and don'ts with some of, with some of my listeners, especially how you got the courage after being made redundant as a new graduate and moved to a new area all for your career. A very good move, considering you not only found work, but you found live. <laughs> so, guys, on this episode, please welcome a very good friend of mine, Ade BC Ife. <laughs> hey, that was like that was the a- most <laughs> elaborate introduction I ever gave ever had in my time. <laughs> Thank you so much. We we, we, we we just we just we just slather our guests in just emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just slather. It's just. All on you, and the funniest thing, I can write this for everybody. Even if I met you one oh, day, wow. I will connect mm. you. Listen, but anyway, <laughs> welcome, welcome, Missy. How are you? Thank you, thank you for having me here. Like first of all, I have to say, um, just how well you know Deborah's been with the series, the podcast she's had so far, and 
you know, from the beginning, even when she had the idea, you know, there was an action. She, when she has an idea, she runs with it, she doesn't waste time. And it's just been so amazing to see how just an idea that she had in okay, her head is about me, it's about you. So, yeah, you know, I just had to put that out there. You so, thank I you mean? for having me on this episode <laughs> I mean, so. like this is about you you are the guest yeah. of the hour like the, you know what I mean you know what I mean I get my my kicks another day but yeah thank you Bissy um mm-hmm. so Bissy Bissy let's just talk about us like when we met like uh, I'm sorry this 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 podcast this episode can just be very it may not be organized like the other ones because this is my right. friend. This is like my 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 first. It can friend. still be organized. It's fine. It can still I just mean no, give me structure. We're, we're <laughs> talking about everything now because I'm just so excited. Like I'm really. If you see me right now, I'm sitting in my little space in my flat, my little office area in the hallway. Yeah, and I'm just literally grinning like a little baby. <laughs> this is um. This is one of my good friend. Um. Listen, God sent this girl to me when I moved to England back in two thousand no, nineteen ninety eight. I just go to this new school and I was like, "Oh my God, what is going on here? Who are all these people? I don't know them where." I see a girl like a Nigerian. Oh, bless your parents for keeping your name Nigerian because I was just like, "Oh my God." <laughs> um, funny story as well, like um. You know, like, this is a very awkward one, actually, guys, but it's quite sad. I don't even mind, I don't care. You know, when you go for dinner, and this is when I knew this was my friend. I was like, ah, this girl, she's my friend. Listen, <laughs> when we went for dinner, we basically, dinner, which is lunchtime, and they had fork and a knife and spoon. Listen, I'm not trying to say people from Africa are not posh, or they don't use cutlery, cutlery or whatever we do, but I'm sorry, we only use one. We use the spoon, everything. If you're eating anything that is cutting, you use a spoon to cut it. You use a spoon to, yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> the fork is just there for maybe if you're eating yam. Yeah. <laughs> and then guys, the most useless cutlery yeah. in the African household, I think. Anyway. So, yeah. we're sitting there yeah. having lunch, and then they had, you know, a fork and knife, and I, was, I just took my spoon. I'm busy. So discreetly. She's like, oh no. Why don't you use your fucking knife? I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And she was, it was like a, it was like a um, pretty woman moment. You know, like when the lady just acts weird. And the guy's like, do you not want to act a bit lady? Like, that was what we had. And this is, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and she didn't do it in a mean way. She did it in a very, like, just caring way. So, thank you for that, Missy. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, before we carry on, like, because I need to really get structured, because down to me, I've just been talking about our friendship. Um, <laughs> we used to walk home from school, we went to summer school together, we've got a job yeah. together, we just yeah. did everything together at one point. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's another talk for another day. So, mm-hmm. Bissi, tell us about you. Introduce yourself, yeah, introduce yourself, Missy. Okay, uh, yeah, my name is Adebisi Ife. I'm a very close friend of Deborah. How you know she's already despised that. Um, I'm 30 years old. Uh, I was born and raised in the UK. Um, I'm Ni- British Nigerian, so I hold was on, born with hair, but I was. <laughs> that's that the way like... I classify myself because I feel like my parents, my parents are from Nigeria, um, specifically from the Yoruba side, which is. Open stage and they came to this country, so I'm a second. So I'm now 
in diaspora, but I feel quite close to my ethnic origin, so I, I feel like I'm a bit of both. <laughs> but yeah, that's based. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have. A, I'm married. I've got two kids. One is three. One is ten, eleven months. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a basic. Okay, so I, am, I think. <laughs> tell us what you do for work. Yeah, so um, basically, I work um, in the biopharmaceutical industry. Um, specifically, what I, the company I work for, um, based here in Billingham, which is northeast England. Um, it's a contract and developmental manufacturing organization, CDMO. Oh, so what they do okay. is they That's make. It. Basically, okay. what it means is that they develop to design and also manufacture drugs. But the drugs we make are not just not pills. They're like bio, what is called biologics. So they're drugs that are made from cells. So things like vaccines, proteins, hormones, okay. um, blood factors. That's okay. what we make. So, what we'll do, yeah. Basin, we'll come back yeah. and we'll okay. get into a little bit more. But at the same time... Okay. okay, yeah, we'll get back into it. We'll come back in a minute. One minute. Hi guys, and I'm back. And on this episode, I've been talking to my good friend, Adebisi Ife. And, um, you know, at this point, we talked about growing up, school. Um, she's made it very clear that, you know, being academic has always been her thing, her, her thing, and she really enjoys it. Um, you know, I know Bisi from a first-hand experience. You know, she was, she's always, like... She was an A grader, uh, did really well with school, um, very hardworking. And um, so the next segment of the episode, we're talking a little bit more about, you know, life after university, actually getting into a good job. And, you know, at one point she was actually made redundant, you know, as a new graduate and how she manoeuvred that. Um, looking at her industry in, um, um, in, 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 like, a, you know, in, in the medicine, like, how she manoeuvred herself into her current role. Um, the most interesting aspect of my sit down with Biffy was just her take towards the end. So about having a balance that, you know, you may be academic, but also the social element of um, your life is really, really important as well. Um, yeah, so let's have a listen and come back. Hi guys, and we're back. So, um, like I said, I've just been having my one of my best friend, my childhood friend, on here today, and we're just talking about work and just you know her journey as a medical personnel and uh, so on. So now we're just going to talk about. So you was made redundant, you know, after graduating, you was made redundant, and um, so when that happened, what was the next thing on the line for you? Yeah, so um, after I'd made, made redundant, basically, uh, it was just trying to find another job straight away. So um, I just started applying for jobs, basically. Um, so between March, when I was told I was made redundant, to about May, I was applying for a lot of roles. A lot of roles said no. Um, so what I found is that I was applying for roles around in London and around London. Then I started applying for just roles just anywhere in the UK. I think it got to a point I just thought, let me just see what I get. Um, so, yeah, that was basically what happened. And, I, and the first role I'd done, it helped me sort of develop. I just had some very, like, 
for like basic um sort of lab stroke yeah lab skills so it meant that I had some experience it wasn't a lot but it was enough you know I wasn't in that thing where it's like oh you don't have any experience I had something for an employer to hang on to but I didn't have extensive experience so um yeah I applied for roles and I finally got an interview <laughs> uh for a role that I went um in Liverpool so yeah I don't know if you want to stop there <laughs> carry on about that job um but yeah that's basically how i got that place oh okay you've gone quiet um so oh have i sorry um, i'm trying so i'm trying to speak you, up so you've you applied for some job and you got some job you, you apply for a job what made you at that point because i remember that time i called you and you was like you know what you're thinking about diversifying into like a marketing or a creative role did you was it like a time for you that you really used to think what is my next step and at what point did you think do you know what i'm gonna apply somewhere else i think it's because i started working this job and i found i really really liked it like really liked it. i was like yes yeah, what i want to do so um i really wanted to carry on working like in a back in a pharmaceutical companies or an or a pharmaceutical or even a lab like an academic lab i really wanted to carry on what i was doing because i found that i really enjoyed working in that environment and i felt like i was using some things i'd learned in uni and i was like yeah this is what i want to do so i to be honest with you all my my motivation was that i want to carry on with what i've been doing so that was sort of my main drive um, and I just wanted to make sure I'd given myself the best possible chance. So, and I remember speaking to my parents, like, are you okay if I apply outside of London? And then they, they eventually agreed. <laughs> Let's just say, um, and that's when I started applying just anywhere. So that was, that was just basically, I just wanted to carry on with what I've been working in already. So. Mm. Okay. Um, and then, of course, you moved to Liverpool. How was it like? Yeah. Because you lived in London. You studied in London. You lived in London. Yeah. How was it like moving to um, Liverpool? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I applied for a role in Liverpool. I got a job with, um, it's a company, changed its name. It's now called Allergen UK, but it used to be called Eden Biodesign, but it's called Allergen. Um, so, I got the role. Um I remember when I was given a job offer, it was it was a mixture of like excitement and a mixture of like a bit of dread, not dread, but just I don't know, just the just fear of the unknown because mm. I was going to a city where I literally knew nobody. I didn't even have a family friend or a friend um, that I knew of at that time that lived in the city. So it was a little bit like, wow, <laughs> what am I doing? But I think there was more excitement. I really wanted, I think I wanted a new challenge and the whole thing about being redundant was quite you know it's not nice being made redundant and i felt like i wanted that i wanted a new challenge and, and, and I could, you can so, imagine it was a lot worse because this was your first graduate job this was your first job course, out of uni. Yeah, so, so to face like, yeah. what people would face yeah. maybe like 20 years in working you were facing yeah. it yeah 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 so um Actually, it's probably easier than someone's been working for a long time. I, I, I should probably, because if you've been working at a company for a long time, you get maybe done it, it's probably really, I, I mean, I felt bad after a year and 11 and months, so I can't imagine how someone feels working. Yeah, but what I mean is that people years. experience that later on in their, in their career, not at life, the beginning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 I understand what you mean. Like, it's not something you expect to happen, yeah. Um, 
but yeah um but one thing i quickly realized after that point that especially the pharmaceutical industry things change a lot business comes and goes and businesses merge and things are always happening in the business world and the way jobs used to be like you have a job for life i think it's not doesn't seem to be like that anymore so like that was like a good shocker into the working world for me actually i was like, oh wow this thing that you so it, i think it was it, it wasn't good but i actually think in another way it was a positive thing because it really gave me a big like insight into wow this is the adult this is the working world you know <laughs> this is the real world things happen business affects lives so that was a, it was it was really good for me because i had that i've always had that knowledge now so mm. yeah, i don't know it's just good um but yeah so um yeah, it was, I then moved to Liverpool. Another thing I'm, I'm, I, I want to add is that I don't think I would have moved to Liverpool if I hadn't been really redundant because I grew up in London and because of all the ties, emotional friends, family I had in London, the probability is that I probably would have stayed in that job for a long time, my first job that was based in Dartford. And being made redundant actually almost drove me to, to seek out something new. And so it provided this sort of, like, a bit of an incentive to like want to move and want to try something different so it was actually it was a bad thing but i feel like it actually had a lot of positive effects in my in for my next decision when i moved to liverpool so yeah so there okay. was just well yeah so one of the good things that you might want to think you should move out of your comfort zone and meet somewhere else it's because not exactly. only will you get, not only will you get a yeah. job or maybe do a good job you might also get other things so you That's moved right. to liverpool and you found the love of your life <laughs> yeah, I, I did i found my, i met my husband in liverpool so <laughs> how sweet is that if yeah so thank god for those people for making the new redundant thank god for everything because <laughs> we ain't even have our little our little babies that we have now so yeah thank you so much <laughs> no like so um i think just talking to you yes it's very important to um to just branch out and and and, and mm-hmm. just see what is out there for you and that's one of the things i wish i did i think probably because i went up north my perspective was a bit different it was more i'll come back to london because i was done up for, mm. for me i loved, already moved away i already moved away so um, yeah, but you've already done that move. You've already had that. Oh, I want to yeah, move away. So yeah. the way you've done that already. Yeah. yeah, I've already done that. But in that perspective, that like, I would never live up north again. I would visit north. Yeah. I would never because just in the UK, it's just not. If you lived in like America, you moved to Atlanta. You moved to you know. The I feel like the hub is London. <laughs> I'm so bad. I just it, it is. I, I just can't respect, see yeah. myself living anywhere that far. Like. My friend, she to me, she lives in Africa because it's like it takes six hours to get to where she lives, and it's just really far. But um, yes, but you needed that move, and you know that move just paved the way for newer opportunities for you. So yeah. Okay, so we're gonna get to the end of the podcast now to this episode, and I think one of the things that I just want to ask you again is, um, what do you do now, uh, more in depth, and of course, not only more in depth what advice would you give to people to get into it and just from talking to you you really said a lot about the idea that you really love what you do now and really being mm-hmm. a doctor as much as it was like oh medicine medicine you've yeah. gone for a journey where you've explored what you know a number of things to do in the medical line so just tell us what you do that you love now what you love about it and any tips on advice that you want to give to anybody that could go down that road 
Yeah, I would definitely say, um, so, yeah, the role I do now, like, I think I mentioned at the beginning, um, I now work in Billingham, which is in North East England, by Farm to the Cool Hair, and the role I do is, um, basically, I'm still in working for for a company that makes drugs, um, the company I work for make a, a range of drugs, and um, I've actually recently moved in my company, so I was working in manufacturing, like, we work in sterile rooms, and we um, I was physically making um, the drugs using a lot, I won't go into the science, but there's just a lot of processes we do before you get a final product that you send to the customer, um, but now I work in a research department now, so I now, basically, I'm, like, it's more the experimental group where you're um, developing, like, the processes, so I'm now working in the research group, so, um, Basically, if anyone, so first of all, I'd say like the life. So I'll stress again that I don't work in a clinical setting. I work in a lab setting or clean room setting. Um, if you if that's something you know you want to do, there's there's so many routes to get into there. So I did biomedical science, um, but things like biochemistry, um, biological sciences. Um, biomedical sciences there's, there's a lot of similar overlapping life science degrees and um, again there's also information that you can do um, and there's so many different roles like a, you know there's people who work in lab settings in hospitals people who work in lab settings in universities you work in labs or you work in pharmaceutical companies so I would say like just really just like google and just have a real look around and see what it is you would really want to do um Specifically for me, um, if you like want to do exactly what I was doing, I'm doing now. Um, I would say definitely doing a, a life science degree um, is probably the best way to do it. And then um, there's a lot of to so my company, they do this thing where they do um, like a year. They have a lot of students every year, and we do like placement years. So and a lot of degrees will offer um, depending on what degree you do, um, they'll do like um, offer you a year where you do like a year placement in a pharmaceutical or lab. And that's a really, really good way of getting your first job. Um, a lot of these pharmaceutical companies are always looking for graduates anyway. So you'll find every so often um, there's recruitment drives. So there's always job opportunities, but you need to look out for them. But definitely, if you really want to increase your chances of getting a job, definitely looking for a life science degree that has a placement. Yeah, it's such a, it's, it's such, it's, the benefits of it are huge. Like, they really, really are. Um, so I would really highly recommend that and it just makes you as a graduate it just makes you a lot easier to snap up you can still get a job if you don't do that but it's yeah so you mean like um, a sandwich course yeah like a sandwich course or yeah exactly um it like it it really it helps like for example in my company I'm working now pretty much almost all the um, students who come in the placement year a lot of them come back and get offered jobs so it's just um just a good you know, way just, for them it gives you just yeah that real work that experience. network yeah of course network and real work experience is so so important so i would say if, if you really want to work in the pharmaceutical slash biopharmaceutical industry and even in the pharmaceutical industry there's so many different roles i'm not going to go too much into that there's people who work in the lab people who work in qa that's making sure everything is you know we have the mhra which is QA, our um, quality assurance 
quality assurance. So everything a, a pharmaceutical company makes has to be within regulations set by the Medical Health and Regulations Association, which is the equivalent of the FDA in America, but we have the MHRA. So QA has to sit and look at everything that's been manufactured, all the documents, and make sure it falls in that regulation. So that's QA. There's people like in QC, which are quality control. They test everything that we make. Um, there's people like me who by now work in research, people who work in manufacturing. So like mm. even within a biopharmaceutical, there's so many, there's a huge range of roles. So that's why I say that I can't talk about everything just in now. Like definitely mm. look on the internet, but there's a lot out there that you can do. Okay. Um, so just, yeah, that's, oh, that, that's okay. what I recommend. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Um, like, yeah. so we're going to round up now. And one of the things I normally ask everybody before they go is, what does the word underdog, what does it mean to you? So the way I see underdog is I just, the way I perceive it is, I feel it's someone who has potential, someone who has, uh, yeah, potential, but hasn't realized it yet, yeah. or doesn't know how to, doesn't know what to do to make that potential go from just being potential to something that is, actually you know physical that you know basically something that is there but hasn't sort of manifested so i would just say an underdog is someone who um is trying to just even the journey <laughs> to becoming who they're supposed to be let me yeah. just say that yeah um, <laughs> that's fine and then would yeah. you say that you are an underdog or have you ever been an underdog or what do you think i pretty much like like that's where I am in my career now I feel like I still have a long way to go I'm yeah. 30 but I feel like you know I have so much more I want to do. let me just say I feel like I'm not where I want to be at all yet yeah. <laughs> so I still feel like I'm very much an underdog I feel like I'm still learning about myself and I still yeah. want to add more to my value you know so yeah okay. well thank you for that Bessie do you have any other yeah. thing that you want to add so one thing I want to add, this is like, this is not so much about work, work, but I really, this is something that has affected me. I just want to put out this, especially for young people or anyone who listens to this to the end, which is um, working on yourself as a person. So I would say self-confidence and self-belief, like, is so important. And I feel like no matter how talented you are, how gifted you are, if you don't believe in yourself and you don't have that confidence in yourself, it's so crippling. So... I just want to just say that it's really, really important to develop that and, you know, surrounding yourself with people or, you know, or even if you need to remove yourself from situations or people that do that, um, having that belief in yourself that you can do something yeah. um, is extremely important. And I would just say that it, it's even more important than just, you know, it's important getting the qualifications and applying to the jobs, but Working on yourself, motivate yourself is More is important. so important. So I just want to encourage everyone just to yeah, just to work on that really, and anything you can do to help yourself to help your confidence yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for coming on okay. here, Missy. I really appreciate it. You. And you know, for yeah. me, you know, guys, you know my tone. My tone is just do it, just do it. If anybody do it, tries to put you in a box, jump out of the box, get the box, smash yeah. it on their head. Break the box. <laughs> the box. <laughs> um, you know, I always say before I end, you know, I really don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you're at. And 
Bro, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. Like, you have to escape the reality, avoid reality, and keep going. And you never know. And before I even say that, Bissy, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, I really think you have to keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And you never know. Like I said, I've got a long way to go. Um, And even, you know, your muscle just do it. Trust me, it's something that it's not mine, that's I'm nice. <laughs> or our motto, like it's so important. I'm still trying to do that. Just keep going. Um, don't don't procrastinate. You know, yeah. it's so important. Well, you can procrastinate. You can do all this stuff. Like sometimes it feels yeah. like a chore. It feels rigid. Just yeah. do what comes natural to you. You know, personally, yeah. people say to me, "Oh, you work hard. You do the beginning." I don't know what to do with myself. I don't do this. It's not when I said I'm doing it and I'm finding it discomfort. Because sometimes when you do things that you're discomforted with, you don't do it well. But just think and think and think, how can you be better, you know? So I always end by saying this to everybody that listens to this, is keep going and your big break is around the corner. So thank you so much, guys. And until next thank week, and we'll, see, we'll speak again. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. To connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram at Deborah's Hard Talk. You can visit my website www.dht.com. And to get involved in any of the conversations, hashtag Deborah's Hard Talk. All right then, until next time, bye bye.